0: Hey everyone, welcome to Probably Science. We are in the backyard, we're at Bluebell Ranch, we are also being streamed on Facebook Live as we
1: speak. Yeah. So if you're listening to this as the podcast, you can still go to our Facebook page and watch the uh, the tape of it. The Unless
0: we it. decide retrospectively that it's possible, it's very possible. This was a bad idea, and we delete the whole thing. Anyway, uh, we're here. We're back in the. We're we're doing a few episodes back to back. So very little time has passed since you last heard our voice in
1: in Highland Park.
0: Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're joined by a fantastic comic. It's Mr. Al Jackson. Yo, what's up guys? How's fantastic. Go- <laughs> Thank you.
2: No one's ever described me like that. Thank you. I just sort of I make everything a little bit wizardy. I appreciate that. Like <laughs> I know I don't think the word fantastic is in my lexicon. So I just would never use it, but I like it.
1: It's, it's hard because English doesn't have a lot of words like everyone overuses great yeah and then amazing has had like a five or ten year run where it's gotten totally completely y- yeah. yeah epic
2: Sweet. had a really short Ugh. run epic was and it was like used by douchebags would but, you use superb that sounds too British as well doesn't it yeah superb I, spectacular I, I'm just trying to think like how I would be like I could see myself saying man I had a fantastic time but I've never said it and I'm 39 and I feel like yeah. if I was going to say it it would have happened by it's, now. now it's too late now it's too it's late like I think my friend it's would be like, like, like what did you say to I mean, like, what it, but I like it, though. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean it as an insult. <laughs> it's it's backhand. I
1: used yeah. the word bonkers around a 20-something-year-old, and they were like, are you like a grandparent or something? Oh, I was like, no, I think bonkers is a great word. Not bonkers good, but just... It's I think it's it's sort of like value neutral. It's just at an extreme. Like that's bonkers. It could right. be good or bad, but does that sound like an old old timey thing to say? But to like
0: that kids is
1: it sounded like you were yeah. saying gazooks. Hey, it's like, it's the bee's <laughs> knees. You know, exactly. Donald yeah. Trump is is bonkers. That's that's objectively yeah. true.
2: My friends and I say bananas. Okay. In a good way like oh how do we there were three girls there they were bananas hot.
1: That's, okay, yeah. I like hot as balls for some reason. As, <laughs> yeah, I feel sense. like hot as
2: balls works too. Yeah, hot <laughs> yeah. as balls. Yeah, because balls do get hot. Oh, and, it's uh, like
1: literally. Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: Hot for as like reason, jungle I balls? I thought
1: it was like that makes. Okay, so it's like just looking at this. It's caliente versus picante. Yeah. it's Or versus uh, attractive. Forget it. The analogy falls apart. Yes. Okay, now I get why hot as balls is is useful. I thought it was a joke because balls are the ugliest thing in the world, but it's like, no, it's oh. hot. The like temperature hot. Well, think about where like, balls are located
2: well, as warm and dark right, right, down but there. But then yeah. again, not,
0: isn't uh, the positioning of a ball, like isn't the ball sack outside of the body specifically to keep the balls a couple it's of degrees hot. It's less hot. cooler than the body temperature? So technically, hot as balls would mean kind of hot still, but just a couple of notches down from as hot as like a body can be 96 right. degrees or something yeah.
2: yeah yeah but it depends on like your underwear package situation how tight you're keeping things if you yeah. want wearing boxer briefs or didn't they experiment boxers? i could be wrong about this but didn't they experiment with a form of contraception that
0: just involves Underwear that keeps your balls much closer to your body, right? So I, it stays
2: at a higher temperature.
0: They did. Yeah, well,
2: that makes sense. That's why you can never get anybody pregnant in a hot tub, right? It's because it just jacks, right? You, yeah, it yeah. Kills your, kills your well, senior. also
0: because you're semi-standing up, and when you're standing up, you can't get anyone yeah. pregnant. Oh, that's
2: true. Yeah. Um, is that true?
0: That is a fact. Yeah.
2: <laughs> when you guys are both standing up, <laughs> yeah, you have to both be standing up. but Then, you then it, pregnancy the grade can't grade happen. <laughs> standing up, I never heard that.
0: Yeah, you heard it here first. And if anyone tries it and does get pregnant, then sue us. You, you,
1: can't, <laughs> you can't get pregnant the first time you have sex. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that
0: no or you know if you just
1: kind of wish it hard to not happen if you're pure of heart yeah your body has has a way of shutting that whole thing down as uh some senator taught us yeah
0: um but yeah i think uh because there is also i believe there are people this is very reddit forum for like alternative contraception techniques but I believe there is a method of contraception that involves dunking your balls in hot water for a specific amount of time every day, because if your balls are on the regular above a
2: certain temperature, then sperm doesn't grow. That just sounds like a horrific idea. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> like it's almost like self-flagellation. Like I just I've been a naughty. It's that's like some BDSM. It sounds like a practical joke. Yeah, go dip your balls and come back. That's something your dominatrix would make you do.
0: Hang on, I'm I'm looking this up. Balls in hot water birth control. There we go. It auto-completes. There's an article in The Stranger uh, headlined, My boyfriend boils his balls for me. Oh.
2: Wow. Uh, But what if you're doing permanent damage? Does he want to have kids ever? Apparently it doesn't. Apparently it is reversible. But this article starts
0: by saying for seven nights... Out of every month, my boyfriend soaks his balls in a bathtub of 118-degree water That's for 45 hot. minutes. That's bonkers hot. That is pretty hot. Um, this is 118 degrees Fahrenheit, I should point out. This isn't, like, steam. <laughs> <laughs> it's still liquid. It's not, like, above a tea kettle. Yeah.
1: And what's the, what was the result? Can you skim it and see what the...
0: I believe the result is it works. It does work. I'm trying to find... I think... I don't know if there's been a peer-reviewed study on it, but there are a lot of... Yeah, male contraception via testicular heating. There's a lot of discussions,
2: but no specific scientific papers that I'm aware of. And that's where the problem lies. A lot of internet. <laughs> I mean, we're all familiar with the stranger.com, but... So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, so his girlfriend, not to be too blunt about this, but she's like... Yeah, go ahead, finish inside me. You just boiled your pot. Like also, why not just like take extra steps and not
2: Yeah.
0: Well, you could also do that. There's nothing wrong with more than one form of contraception at a time.
2: Right, right.
0: Speaking you of which doubles and triple your chances.
1: I was actually thinking about this right before we started recording because um a listener just tweeted at us about about flossing and whether it's actually useful. I don't know if you saw that. I did not see that. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, It it turns out that flossing might not be useful if you don't do it correctly, and most people don't do it correctly, so it might not actually reduce the chances of of cavities or infection. Um, Yeah, it was an article written by a dentist who was saying, like, oh, I don't know if I should stop telling people this will actually do something, because... I can see it right here. Sent in by listener... By Randwin Briggs. Yeah.
0: BB Amok out on on the Twitter. From Science Based Medicine, the website, which seems to be making a claim of legitimacy. It
2: really does get the most <laughs> it's really, the biggest words they could find.
0: Yeah, that feels like a that feels like a website that's just called like uh factual news story yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> But if it was important bullshit. information truth
0: <laughs> biz. Um
1: so this article says... Um, well, I'll just skim to the part that, that's significant. So the the takeaway is that flossing when done by professionals five days per week works. That means if everything goes just right, if you know what you're doing, e.g. you are a dental hygienist or dentist, you have good visualization of the teeth from outside the mouth, you're motivated and do the job regularly, you can in fact reduce cavities. Uh, that's the definition of efic- efficacy. If you don't do it five days per week, but it, just occasionally... There's no benefit in terms of lessening your chance of getting a cavity, and if you ask people to do it themselves, and they said in particular adolescence, they cannot achieve a good enough result because they can't technically do it right, they don't do it often enough, or some unknown reason.
2: It sounds like it's, it's, it could almost be a fitness thing. Like if you change that and just made that like a personal trainer, like working out works if you're a personal trainer and you know yeah. how to do it and you do it five days a week. But if you're a regular person, you're fucked. It's yeah. like, well, what's the point? Yeah. Like only if you're a dental hygienist. Well, that cuts out. 99.3% of the... But why
1: they trying, Instead of saying it doesn't work, why don't they just say, well, we have to train people better, right. so we all do it better. Here are the
2: common mistakes people make when flossing, or... Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's got to be that hard that you have to be a trained it, professional. It can't be that hard. How wrong are people going, anyway? Like Are they that's, I don't, maybe it's are
1: about, going for the wrong bit? You know when you <laughs> go in, and they go like one side and then the other? Have you noticed that when you get... Yeah,
0: um, I did know that's like a, a dental hygienist who did that thing of teaching me how to floss, like, you're meant to go right up inside. Is that code for something? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's code for learning how to use dental floss to remove debris from between my teeth. Oh,
1: code, okay, code, yeah. yeah. It's
0: a euphemism. Um, but, yeah, you're meant to go... What most Most people just sort of get it between the teeth, but you're actually meant to get it between... In the gap between your gums and the teeth like on makes, both it sides, makes, it makes
1: a Y as the gums. It, yeah. you should go to both sides. So between
0: sides. between two teeth, you're meant to sort of go up twice, once on each side of the gum, of the gum V.
1: So if it's just that, then train people. But I mean, saying but that it's might not, not be effective. the only thing. There
0: might be another element to
1: flossing that we're unaware of. <laughs> right. I don't know. I mean, it's one of the few good habits I've picked up as an adult in the last 10 years. Like, I make my bed every day and I floss now, which I didn't do 10 years ago. That's the only thing I can say yep. with certainty is more adult about me right now. You've stopped shitting out of cars. I stopped shitting out of cars. <laughs> you, Remember? Uh, not buses, though.
0: No, well, yeah. that's, yes, a bus. That's. What.
1: But I, it reminds me of, of reading about statistics for how effective condoms are, because those statistics take into account the fact that you sometimes don't use them. Like, well, th- then don't make that part of the statistic.
2: I didn't even know they factored that in.
1: Yeah, they're like, the condoms are only 90% effective... Because condom use as a strategy includes like a built-in, once every ten times you don't use them. Like, well then don't call that. They're not doing it correctly. Right. so Don't call that the statistic. Look at the people that actually do use them every time, because that's a different strategy. That's a 90% condom, 10% yeah. Nothing that's like strategy. saying sort of.
0: All right, salad is like 90% good for you, assuming that one in 10 salads you actually just eat mud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, exactly. yeah, don't exactly. fact that Just in. take like a, gra- like a handful of gravel from the street yeah. and, and eat it.
2: And I actually think that people that never use condoms or really use condoms and people that always use them, I think that they are on two sides of the fence, and I don't think they're people that straddle that fence that much. I think a lot of my friends that use condoms... Have used them since we were in high school. A lot of my friends are like, "Hey, man, nothing's gonna happen." They've been like that since high school, and they have four kids now.
1: <laughs> so you don't think it's people that, like make exceptions sometimes based on the circumstances?
2: I think there? sometimes Johnny Walker Black make okay, exceptions.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I think that's, I think that's that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know, I'm, I'm I'm I know there's probably a ton of research done between like alcoholism or and condom use because usually responsibility goes out the window. So.
0: And also, if you're really drunk, you're already running at a disadvantage. Then you don't maybe want to shove the extra disadvantage of condoms into the <laughs> yeah. House. oh yeah, that's
2: yeah. true. You already can barely feel anything. Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh, hey Al, we <laughs> <laughs> we hey, go into a couple of stories before we ask the question that we normally ask at the top of the show, which is, uh, what is your background in science?
2: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I have a degree uh, in biology. I split my time. I, I went to an all-black college. Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi called Tougaloo Uh, it's a tiny black college had like 800 people in it Mm -hmm. and I transferred I did my last two years at Brown got my degree in biology I stayed in Rhode Island I did medical research uh, under Dr. Uh, Lauren Fast at Rhode Island Hospital for two years Uh, we ended up presenting our research at uh, an an IBM conference in the Palisades Uh, he he focused mostly on um, transplant rejection uh, so what we did a lot was a lot of like, um, Ig rejection, seeing like what what cells we could implant into mice without it being rejected. Uh, so I've killed thousands and thousands of mice in my day, thousands. You've got some listeners there, yeah. Fan I years. I am sorry. This a was couple. this is uh, in the early '90s. This was how it was done, and I mean honestly, it was done in the name of science, you know, just trying to figure out how to yeah. uh, introduce organs. So is into... there at
0: least one paper out there with your name on it as a co-author?
2: I think we have one because I think the the conference we presented at uh, in the Palisades, that was, our, our research was written up. So if you look up Dr. Lauren Fast at Rhode Island Hospital, should still be there. Um, nice guy. Uh, probably definitely on the spectrum uh, <laughs> as a lot of my yeah, science friends cool. were. Um, I think that... And I think it's interesting as comics, I think a lot of comics that I meet are on the spectrum. And uh, I think it kind of works for this job and that job, to be super focused on something.
0: Every comic, I think nearly all comics are kind of nerdy about something. Like yes. Even the ones who are kind of jock comics, who are like the kind of those nerd comics who talk about the comic books and stuff, and then you find out they know every starting lineup to every nfl team yeah for the last 50 years or like they know who the sound engineer was on every iron maiden right right like every like
2: it's a great point yeah yeah, it's i mean especially like with the sports guys it's like stat geeks you're like you're still memorizing numbers and charts it's just somebody's jump shot it's super nerdy yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: just because it's uh, real people playing a sport as opposed to characters fighting in space you're still learning names and numbers right
1: yeah, I feel like baseball in particular probably has like the highest percentage of people on the spectrum among its fans. Like people that love stats, like gravitate to baseball like nothing else. It seems like
2: right, and and then you mix in just the, with the history of baseball and just that you can compare eras a little bit easier and things like that because yeah. the players are, uh, except for the steroid years, right, which right. I don't know uh, how big a baseball fan you are, but when you uh, they they reshowed like the '98 home run derby on espn classic a couple of days ago
1: was that uh semi sosa Mark
2: that, yeah and is, when you look at all the players they are gigantic like they are so huge that yeah. you look back and you it's like you can't it's like when you were a little kid and you didn't realize that like Oh, my uncle was flamingly gay. You know when you're like when you were your ten, you're like my favorite uncle's here. Gary's here. You know, <laughs> yeah. you know? but like when you look back, you're like, it's, 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 He it's, it's, has the best dance moves. Yes, his <laughs> boyfriend was coming to Thanksgiving for ten years. It's fine, but like when you just didn't know. When you look back at like the steroid era of baseball, you look at baseball players in the early '80s, and then, I mean, literally veins. Like In pop, their forehead and forearms. It, yeah, and, and, <laughs> and it's just like, oh, wait, what's happening here? Barry Bonds hit 73 home runs. I think the, the best one last year was like somebody hit like 45.
1: Is that how? So it hasn't kept. I thought for some No, like baseball
2: kept, went. I, I would be curious to see what the home run king was last year, what he hit, because Barry Bonds hit 73 when he was 38. <laughs> do you get better yeah. at anything when you're 38 years old <laughs> you automatically like i feel like shit i'm 39 i walked yeah. over i was gonna ask you guys is it okay if my leg hurts for no reason <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this guy's hitting like at a you know so um i'm sure there were some people that that probably knew people that were close to the game were like oh it. It's on. like if you saw me in six months and I put on forty two pounds of muscle, yeah. for my fortieth <laughs> birthday party. It. it just doesn't it just it doesn't make sense. Uh, but I want
1: to believe it's possible because, like, I'm a swimmer. I'm a swimmer and a fan of swimming. And I don't know if you saw Olympic trials, but this guy was thirty five, who was out of the sport for ten years, had like a drug and alcohol problem, got back into it, and he qualified for the U.S. Olympic team in the fifty free, which is the fast, the shortest, fastest.
2: Mm. So it's like, that once fastest, down and back
1: just once down once Olympic down pools are 50 meters it's just one so that's lap. the equivalent
2: of the 100 meters
1: yeah it's the shortest race there is and the second place guy the top two go to the Olympics and the second place guy is Anthony Irvin is 35 he was a gold medalist in 2000 and then he stopped swimming had like years of of uh, abuse of substances and then got back into it at 35 is swimming faster than he ever has and I hope there's nothing that comes out about he doesn't look like uh, I don't even know if steroids would really help that much in swimming, but like yeah, well, what is HGH the HGH?
2: Yeah, is that is the drug what? that they use for swimming and stuff? Well, HGH is it, it's a recovery thing, and it that's human growth hormone. Yes, and it's uh they say that that's one of the things that just keeps you young. You know, even yeah. if you're not doing steroids, I think steroids don't help. HGH is something that like even a high school vice principal would take because it just keeps you young and and yeah, I don't want to say fertile, but uh young and Viral, just okay. virile. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um. You know, but I think the problem, uh, the main thing with HGH and the reason people don't use it is because I heard that if you have any kind of cancer dormant in your body, that shit jump starts it oh, like a sense. car battery. Oh, like, that um, makes sense. Me, that's the way, because other than that- because cancer is just H- cells in your body yes. growing out of control, and yes. this is basically fertilizer <laughs> for your cells. <laughs> it, really, it really is. So that's the only reason, but apparently HGH, your girlfriend is like, what has gotten in, like you're just, you're 23 again. By the way, the uh,
0: 2015 season, home run-
2: record was Chris
0: Davis with 47. 47. Followed by uh the next closest were 44, 2
2: on 42 and 2 on 41. And Barry Bonds hit 73. So 30 some more home runs. Right. At, and Chris Davis is 24. So 15 years older than Chris Davis. And he he shot hit 30 like thirty sixty mi- seventy <laughs> 60 70% more home runs. <laughs> it's it's you know it's you I think everything you look back and you say, how could we be so naive? But if no one really honestly knew until obviously one domino fell and then it was kind of obvious these guys were having steroids. He just works out a lot more. He just You want to think, you know, and then you're like when you work out really hard for a summer and you put on six pounds of muscle and you lose 12 pounds. Rather than just going from a bean pole to the Hulk. <laughs> just <laughs> a Hulk. Just like a hulking Matt, that has an attitude in a, now. In a weekend. Yeah, a, <laughs> you got an attitude to go with that. Yeah. yeah. Why is that guy suddenly twice the size and yeah. furious? Yeah. <laughs> like, Matt like, got in three bar fights this summer. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> and he's always tearing phone books in yeah. half. <laughs> like, why is he always... Back up, that? guys. Give me the phone book. <laughs> <laughs> they don't make it more. Find, we, find one. You keep a stack of phone books just next to
0: your bed just <laughs> for safety. Just give that to him. It keeps him calm. <laughs> is he the only way he can yeah. stay safe So he
1: just discovered CrossFit, it's totally legit, it's legit, <laughs> yes. it happens sometimes. You just yeah. suddenly become the strongest man in the world,
2: so yeah. So, uh, and just finishing up, I um did that for two years. I got into grad school at uh Barry University in Miami Shores. I went down to Miami, uh, got my degree, my master's in biomedical sciences, uh, and from there, I, I took a year off, started teaching middle school, and then after I started teaching seventh grade science, I was like, I kind of like this i did it for one more year then i started going to open mics and now 10 years later i'm sitting here with you guys nice yeah but all that, my friends are doctors my best friends are surgeon my all my ex-girlfriends are doctors yes. everybody everybody finished the pre-med path uh,
1: how, how, how long was the overlap between the teaching and the comedy before you
2: um teaching? i taught for five years and the first year i was just just a complete teacher and then the second year i think i was kind of Barely moonlighting, as you know, just going out to open mics, and then by year three, I was really doing it. By year four, I was, I think I was, I had gone on like a mini tour with the tail at that point, and by year five, I was a comic that happened to be doing something during the day. Like I was a full blown. It's a long
1: time to keep the day job going.
2: Yeah, well, I was just so scared, you know, to leave the day job, you know, but I did have my summers to really work. And this yeah, is, I back guess that's a big
0: advantage of having a day job as teaching. There's quite a few teachers who've become stand-ups. Right. And I always thought it was just because there's that sort of transferable skill. You're getting used to just being in front of a group of people. Which and helps, engaging definitely. Them. Mm-hmm. But it hadn't even occurred to me until just now, having half a year where you're not doing your job.
2: Right. To really go in. Like just a full summer holiday. Right. And you can really, and you can really travel. And the, the thing is that kept me in South Florida for as long as it did was, this is back when the Miami Improv was still open, but I had three eight clubs within an hour of each other you had the miami improv the fort lauderdale improv and the west palm beach improv all within an hour so i could work every weekend uh you know i I would teach during the day drive go do a show go feature for bruce bruce or whoever john lovitz or something and drive back teach friday and then go stay at the condo and work friday night saturday night sunday night and come back monday exhausted it was almost like i It almost had like a secret double life. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't tell anybody. Yeah. You see all these young guys that like post their open oh, mics. Oh god. I'm I like, am. I so was happy. lying to my roommate about what I was doing at night because I didn't want anybody to come yeah. see me. See, to see. I tried to. I tried to keep it secret
0: from every. Like, I couldn't just because my first gigs were student gigs. So all my college friends were there. And then I was gonna not tell. I like I wasn't planning to tell my parents for ages. Oh me too. Yeah. But yeah. then my first London. Like normal gig, my first non-student gig. One of my friends phoned my house phone because I just didn't even have a cell phone at that point. Uh-huh. They just phoned my home phone number. My mum picked up the phone and they went, "Do you know what time Matt's gig starts tonight?" <laughs>
1: that's, that's how it that's right. the first never heard time.
0: That. Yeah, that's the first time they had that's any how idea. You were outed. <laughs> yeah, so like yeah. what kind of a gig is he doing? Because also I just wasn't a performancey person at all. Right. Like I was not the like when we were kids, my sister. Would always be the one when we went to kids' shows and they wanted to volunteer, she'd be the one who'd be yeah. on the stage before they even finished asking, and I'd be the one trying to look in, trying to be invisible. Right. So they're like, what? Like, why? What
1: gig? Like, performance? <laughs> right. Like it's just. Mm. Yeah. Um, I, had to, I, I had to come out to my girlfriend about it. Like, a, a year and a half into comedy, I was dating a girl, and we'd been dating for a couple months without me telling her either. And I just sat her down. I'm like, listen, there's, there's something I got to tell you. And she was like, so I could see how worried she was. was like, and once she heard what I had to say, she was so relieved it wasn't like an actually awful thing that she's like, oh, oh, that's, oh, okay, that's great, yeah. But I was so worried that she was going to be like, that's really weird, that's not... Definitely. Yeah. Like, I, I'm, we're the same age and I started 10 years ago also. Right. And I'd been doing engineering stuff for most of my 20s and then this wasn't the thing you're supposed to do at 27, 28, you know?
0: Uh, by the way, I found Dr. Lauren Fast's page at Brown. Yes. He's published a lot of papers but I'm guessing, I'm guessing you would be the ones around kind of... It'd be... Late nineties, yeah, 90- uh, nine ninety nine two thousand. So in ninety six to ninety seven was the immunological consequences of blood transfusion, and then ninety six to ninety nine was characterization of the antigens responsible for the induction of factor eight inhibitors. That's it. That's the one. That's it. And then oh, straight after that is cytokine, uh, cytokine or keen mediated regulation of immune responses in S J L mice, which also sounds like that was you. Yes. <laughs> Wow, Uh, it's like a blast from the the past.
2: Like hearing you read that is just—it's almost like it was another person, yeah, that you're talking about. And it was such, it, 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 and I'm sure you have this too, where you know you're working in a lab and you're around scientists, and this is your life. You know, I was going to the hospital because you know we were doing things around the clock. So,
0: see, I never got that far. I just did undergrad, yeah, and it was math, so there wasn't like
2: research at that point. That you just sort of. learning stuff and then sitting exams wow yeah see mine was research and and just getting used to the hospital life like i parked in the in the employee lot and i ate it in in the hospital cafeteria and i had a key to the elevator and i would just go up there and you know you would you would run your tests you would you would um you would print out your information and you'd you think about it and you just realize it never crossed my mind for one second that I was a scientist considering I failed every science class in high school, like f- straight up F. So how did you end up yeah. in the sciences if you failed all the Because um, classes? I am one of those people that when somebody tells me I can't do something that just like really motivated me. And I was like, I was in a weird place in high school where I was almost like a nihilist, uh, like uh, what's it called? <laughs> like uh. Uh, yeah, What was that movie? The Big boss? Lebowski. Were you t- yeah. <laughs> No, I didn't believe in anything. Yeah. It was like, I think if you're a goth, you believe in something. If you're a jock, you believe in something. If you're a kid that smokes weed behind the trash dumpster every night, that you, that still you, believe, you believe in, in something. Yeah. yeah, you believe in fish. You believe in Euro music. And I, I just... I di- I didn't do anything. It wasn't. B- I just brought home C's. I just kind of wanted to stay under the radar. I yeah. mean, my sister was like a super wild human being, and my parents were like, like my sister was like one of those kids. Older you remember- sister, older okay. sister was like, uh, you remember like back in the day, like on jenny jones they would have like those teens yes, and they'd be like, straight, they, like yeah they'd be like camping. i don't care i smoke i have sex i drink beer like <laughs> y'all don't know me y'all y'all don't know yeah know me. and then they would bring the drill sergeant out and yell at them like that was my sister but i remember watching those shows like these kids ain't got nothing my sister was wild and so what i think that does to the other sibling is it make it makes you shrink because your parents are just so focused on caging a wild animal in the yeah, house like yeah. my sister was a wild animal a wild it'd be like like having a raccoon running around your <laughs> house right now but it was my sister you know she's so what happened did she calm, she calm down she calmed down now but the, i mean she should i mean if it wasn't for my mom my sister'd be dead for sure you know not even being morbid it's just the way i mean some people are rebellious and she's later diagnosed with schizophrenia you know and once that's medicated but if you don't have somebody in your corner an advocate that goes my mom would like go find my sister in the hood <laughs> on like the middle of the night and just go get her you know just get in the fucking car you know so it's like when you have a sibling like that for most of your life your whole job is just to try and not be a more of a nuisance and it's weird because looking back on it because my mom traveled a lot for for work i could have done whatever i wanted like my mom was gone maybe six days out of the week yeah i could have thrown parties we have a huge stock liquor cabinet never touched it in high school like i could i could have been like van wilder in high school and i just never did you know, because I was so worried about kind of keeping... At least having one kid that was But at the same
0: so, time, you didn't want to academically step above the paracad right, either.
2: Right, And I I just didn't give a shit. And then when I went to college, uh, my roommate in college, who's now, now a doctor, and my other friend, uh, Howard Ramsey, who's a professor at um, uh, at Washington University, last I checked, and my other uh, suite mate, Malcolm Woodland, who's a professor at Berkeley... Uh, we were all I was in the quad with these three guys. And so they were all going to get their doctorate and they were fun guys. They kicked it. They party. But I had never been around young black dudes that were that focused about their academics. So I was like, well, I'm not going to be the only dummy here. Yeah, yeah. And they kind of kickstarted me towards like oh it's okay to get good grades and so but then once I started trying I was so behind I had no study skills <laughs> no note taking skills no background like I realized like once like when I started taking biology classes I had to teach myself like what a cell was because they're starting off with of course you know this Yeah, yeah you're the here, here stuff, where so we're yeah. going and I'm like on you know I'm at the 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 preface like wait hold on, what what is this what you know well, that's the biggest problem with the
0: science subjects so the thing that makes it trickiest if you get behind is it's all cumulative definitely same with math
2: you yeah. know oh too yeah if you if you don't really understand long division you're fucked you know or I'm t- whatever yeah yeah, I, yeah I'm assuming you need to know that or yeah you cal- can't do calculus if you, you haven't done algebra right yeah so that's what it is.
1: Yeah, like history or something. Like it's conceivable you could miss a week and then just like that's something you don't know, but you right. move on with the next week. And yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, or in any of the art subjects. Obviously, there are basic skills that you need to learn, but you could flunk the whole Dickens class and still do well in the Shakespeare class.
2: What right. a great right. point. What a great point. Yeah, whereas like, you know, there their are concepts in obviously gen chem and there math concepts in organic chem that you have to understand. You have to be able to do... 3d spatial modeling in your head when you're talking about building molecules right and you have to kind of be able to see that and we just have to have to draw that and explain angles and explain you know uh chemical bonding and things like that and if you if yeah, you have for to
0: inorganic chemistry i seem to remember there was quite
2: a lot of like logarithms and that kind yes, of thing
0: yes like definitely. ph calculations was all
2: logarithmic that's and- all it was, was oh God, it just you're saying these things like <laughs> oh my up. yeah at least like with biology things kind of made sense like when you when you learn about like the chambers of the heart and how things flow and how atria close behind it so that so there's no backflow and what happens if one of your flaps is mis- misfiring so that there is backflow and yeah. how that causes heart murmurs and things like that, it, things kind of make sense. But when you're talking about things that you can't see, that you can't experience, uh, things like pH balance and calculating that, uh, when well, you have to teach that to yourself almost, as the class is moving forward, yeah, yeah. I was studying... And I'll, I'll tell you, I hope this, uh, I don't think this will sound racist, but this is what I used to do. I used to go to the medical library, and I would pick out an Asian student, and I would be like, I'm not going to move until they move. That's how, I <laughs> how to stu- that's how I taught myself how to study for long periods, and they don't, they don't move, don't like dog. To- <laughs> they don't move, man. It's, it's, it's insane. I remember I, I did. It, that's how I taught myself to sit for long, long periods of time, like six, just, eight hours. Everything that's is so funny. Like I would just sit there. You that's has so been funny. like a
1: personal challenge. Yeah, you know, it
2: was actually <laughs> inflicted on you or like self. I was just like, let me yeah, see yeah. if I can do this, you know. And I always felt that no one expected anything of me then. And that's not a shot against my parents. I think my parents thought I was very bright and always filled me with confidence. But I don't. I never. When you meet people or you see movies and it's like there's a star high school quarterback and they're like, You've gotta do it for this family, this community and you're like, What? Yeah. You know, I couldn't imagine I'm sure that happens. Yeah. But I never had that. No one was like, Al, you gotta make it <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. I never had that pressure. So you had to kinda of fight against yourself. I, I kinda of fought against myself and I um I remember like looking at my roommate who's also pre med, he's now a big time doctor. But I used to be I used to measure myself against him and of course I could never compete, but when you it's like being a sparring partner with the best boxer in the world like you're just going to get better and then I noticed myself like I'd be like at study groups and people I used to be way behind I'd be like I'm explaining this concept to them because I just I just shut it down I really didn't date my first two years of college I would I would stay and I would hang out and I would teach myself I taught myself science my first two years of college that's
0: amazing Um, do you remember now what any of the conclusions were of the studies that you did with
2: oh man with Doctor Fast, I know that our initial whatever we in, I, I know that whatever we initial our initial thoughts were not correct. Now, what did we go in there with? We were saying that we were basically trying to transfer damage. I, I mean, have it. Mean, it's sh-
0: a big ask. I'm asking you to remember work
2: that you M- did ten years ago. Man. Um, more than 10 years ago. This is 15, 16 years ago. This is 2016. This happened because I, yeah, because I, I, I was wrapping up with Dr. Fast in the early 2000s because when I moved to Miami to start graduate school, I moved there four days before 9 11. So I was in Miami 2001. So that means I just left the program in 2001. So it's about 15 years ago. Fine. I know that we went in there. His His initial thoughts were like if we transferred i want to say igg into <laughs> give me a second i'll i'll come back to that okay i'm going to have to really think about that now i'm like not going to rest till i remember like what are yeah, if i had to think I of, still had of
1: projects from college i mean yeah
2: this is post college, but still, you know, I was still like a graduate assistant. Yeah, the same yeah time. it's yeah. It, it was I was still partying like it was college. Yeah. I'm still well, should turning we, up. <laughs>
1: should we do a fun medical science story that Sean O'Connor sent in? Let's is it the one is it the stomach one?
0: Yeah, it is the stomach oh, this one. This is
1: not this is bonkers. I would say if if the bonkers. Bonkers. bonkers, don't let her don't let her run yeah, you away it's from a bonkers.
0: Word. This <laughs> it's is something a that yeah, the FDA have just granted approval to a new method to help people who are morbidly obese uh an alternate uh, an alternative to bariatric surgery uh can i guess to think, go on
2: i'm gonna say they figured out a way to convince the stomach cells that it's full
1: uh, uh that, would be, that would be way less um morally um suspect than
0: this uh do you want to make another guess this is this is something I think, I think, think it's about, quite think invasive. About like, think
1: about a very just mechanical, practical, a very mechanical way to stop
0: food from getting into the something bloodstream.
2: Something that just inflates in your stomach. Something that you eat that expands.
0: You're, you're still you're still being war- far too conventional. Selling and practical. your jaw shut. <laughs> this is this is Closer a tap, basically a tap on the stomach that works like a reverse feeding tube that enables food that has been eaten to effectively be siphoned out of the stomach before it gets
1: into the digestive tract.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, you've just got
1: uh, a hole in your stomach, and you've got a valve you can open up, and the food you ate, you can just dump it right in the Ladies?
2: (laughs) Excuse me, we're going to fuck as soon as I dump my stomach contents. (laughs) Do you have a bathroom? Where are you going? Yeah, that's... that's... It's just straight-up bulimia. It's just... uh... It's just mechanical bulimia. It's, it's, it's doctor-assisted bulimia. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think if you look, not to get too too deep in anything, but I, I think if we look at the prescription pill problem that we have, that was doctors assisting people in getting high. Yeah, and that's why we have such a problem now. It's like a guy in a lab coat was giving you cute. What I call white people's suburb heroin. Yeah. You don't have to go down to downtown and do it with a bunch of Puerto Ricans. You could do it at home. You're high. Just like take a, heroin a nice, addict little is. Med- nice little pill. Right. And they got all none these none of that messy needle. They got all these guys hooked on these drugs and then they fucking left. And uh, I look at like I, I ruptured my Achilles tendon um about ten years ago. And they gave me Oxycontin This is before any there was any there there would have been no fallout, no celebrities had died yet. And I remember the first time I took it, I was just like, oh, because yeah. I had never known one was taking pills. And I took a pill just because when you come out of because it's a, it's, a, it's an outpatient surgery. And when the anesthesia wears off, your foot is just, I mean, the pain is just, yeah. I mean, somebody had a knife in your leg. I got
0: given morphine after a wisdom tooth operation, which is- Mor- Straight up morphine? Straight up morphine. Yeah. They can get uh, it. But I don't really remember because I it was when I was coming out of anesthetic, so I don't really know what was the morphine and what was the remnants of the anesthesia. Right. Yeah. But was
1: it just a was it a sedative or an actual? Because usually for wisdom teeth, they don't actually knock you out fully, right? They it's did. Like a- they
0: fully knocked me out. I think. I think it's because the nerve was twisted around my oh, Jesus. around yeah. my teeth, so they just knocked me out fully, and I just did the whole thing while I was asleep.
1: Yeah, because I thought I was knocked out, but then, or I mean, I, I don't remember anything, so I was like, oh, that's, I was under general anesthesia. Like, no, it was just a sedative, but it has like a, um, you know, uh, an amnesiac effect yeah. also. So well, it the, seemed
0: like I was... I was definitely fully out for yeah, this, yeah. but
1: the one thing I do know is that,
0: because I've talked to a friend of mine who's an anesthetist, and I said, yeah, she, like, they made me, like... They asked me a question and I started answering and before I even got halfway through the first sentence I was asleep and she told me like no you won't like you would have talked to them for quite a while you just only remember the first half of the one sentence right, right, right. Wow. which means I have no idea what I told like Anesthetic doctors and nurses must hear so much shit from patients. Can you imagine? I'm of, cheating
2: on my wife. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just like they hear everything. Like yeah,
0: just because conf- I I feel like I would probably have just told them anything at that point. Like anything they asked me, I would just keep blah 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 because I had no filter and no idea.
1: Someone's got to have a podcast where they do that anonymously, right? That would be I would listen to that. That would be great, week. or a blog. Yeah, because if yeah. it's all fully anonymized,
0: like no personal details, that would be a great. B- I know we've got medical listeners yeah. to the show. Start a blog where you just write down stuff that patients said when they were going under gen <laughs> anesthetic. Strip away any, like, like all details that could anyway connect anyone to a right. real
2: person. But, oh, that'd be awesome. I've always wanted yeah. to read a book written by a hotel maid. Oh, God. Because it's they uh, must see, like, in systems. Vegas. Yeah. yeah, or a night manager. Yeah, of hotel. every time. First of all, if you, I think if you work at a hotel especially like a party hotel that either is like really nice and made for partying, like the palms or like a motel where people check in and blow their head off. Like you, who finds them first? The maid walks in, she finds people probably tied up. Oh, yeah. She finds people dead. She Every kind of stain, fucking. Every kind of stain. Yeah. Every kind of stain. You know, you're just people that had a nervous breakdown in the room and threw the TV through the window and took a shit in the sink. Yeah. Like, they've seen everything, you know? It's, it's got to be kind of...
1: I don't know how uh, they don't, like, have hazard pay built into that or something. Like, if you see... Do you get a couple days off if you walk in on a body? Like, they should give you something like that. Right? I it's think that, that happens
2: more than anything. I mean, God. just not even... Even if it's not suicide, just... How many business? How many stressed out businessmen have a stroke in the fucking Marriott Townhill yeah. Suites? Yeah, you know, like who's gonna find you? Like, well, isn't that that's the justification some hotels give for
0: not letting you leave the do not disturb sign on your door for is that three days? They check, yeah. Like I've been in hotels before, because if I'm in a hotel for a run of gigs, like say Thursday through Sunday, the first thing I do is put the do not disturb sign on the door and I leave it there the whole time because like I don't need someone to make my bed. See, on I a do. Friday m-
2: you do? Yeah, I need my... You were talking about making a bed. I need to... I yeah. so good we- to come, back, I did come back to the room, room like after the the, the the last show and your bed's made and you get there at like 11... Not 11, maybe uh, 12. It doesn't 12, bother me. You just get back in the. Because I, I
0: also just... I, I leave all my stuff out. Like, I'll leave my computer in. I just, you know, I might come home if it's a cash gig and just chuck the money I got for that gig on the table and I don't want... Like... It's not even the maid that I don't trust. It's the fact that they leave the door. Like, how many times have you been... Be- oh, yeah, yeah. How many times have you come back to your hotel room and the door's open because the maid's in there and you just walk in and just go, oh, hey, and you just go into that room. They don't check your key to see if They the don't. They don't sh- yeah, so, like, it would be so easy while they're cleaning just to walk into that room. Because
1: I did that all the time. I go like, in. oh,
0: hey, I'll be back in a second. I'm just grabbing something. Take the laptop off the table and oh, then no. do- do we leave have to, again.
1: We have to delete this. You've said too much. I've said too much. You've said too
0: much. So the manufacturers of this stomach product, Aspire Bariatrics, claim that it is an effective way for users to lose weight, with a trial of 171 people showing that those who use the device in tandem with counselling lost 14% of their body weight over one year, while those who just had counselling only lost 5%. They do warn, however, that users need to chew their food more thoroughly and slowly in order to avoid blocking the tube. Oh, God. Needless to say, there have been some criticism... Uh... The main one is that the device simply treats the symptoms and not the cause, doing little to stop the overeating that is leading to the obesity in the first
1: place. And see, if you click through to that, you'll see that some people were saying, uh, or one of the articles I read about this said that um, the chewing part is actually really useful because it slows you down, Right. so you'll get full anyway. So you could also just start with just teaching people, like, hey, how about, as a rule, just make an arbitrary yeah. high number of chews you have to... But that
0: uh, is the... Yeah, that's the, the problem with any of these sort of stomach stapling or bariatric surgeries is like people I know who've had them learn how to work around them if you want Do to they? work around it because you, you can stretch yeah. it back out again it's, a, it's an yeah, elastic or you just I, I know someone who had the the operation but they didn't treat the underlying addiction to food which is why mm. he was overweight right and it worked initially he got like three months of notable weight loss yeah and then he just started to learn that you can have ten small meals a day rather than three <laughs> big meals, which is what he used
2: to do. Wow! And but you also, can, even just a you day of grazing, yeah, it can
1: still stretch out the thing that you've made small can be stretched out again. Totally. So, so they work. They, you learn to work around it, as
0: as any addict does, if you're not treating the cause of an addiction,
2: right? And people that I remember, my one of my first jobs uh, when I moved to Miami um, for grad school, I worked at this apartment complex. That was literally... I wish. I don't think people that are young now mm-hmm. understand how deregulated things were. This was like a, an apartment complex that really would have been like Mike Epps would have starred in it. Like custodians openly smoking weed while they're cleaning your room, and like people, drugs, and just it was a and it was like a decent apartment, but it was just yeah. like there were no like security cameras or anything, yeah, yeah. and like you know. So I remember. <laughs> I, was, I used to work in the gym, which is a great job, because it would just be hot chicks. It's Miami, so it's like- Hot as balls. Yeah. Hot as balls, chicks just coming in there, working out. They see you, hey, <laughs> and Take I remember I was talking to this girl on the elliptical one time, I was like, you always come in here and work out so hard on Sundays, and she was like, yeah, um, uh, I'm on probation for cocaine, so I come in here and work out really hard for 72 <laughs> hours and get inside of your system, and it's like- the court's like, well, you do so much cocaine, we have to stop that. <laughs> and she's like, well, I'll just, work, just out work out and get more. it. Yeah, you're right. Everybody's just going to figure out a way around whatever. It's of yeah. like. I it- could not do cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I could just work out for three days solid. She, I mean, she was. Wor- I was like, why is this girl? I mean, working out like cr- like like a like CrossFit. 15 years before crossfit was invented just working out she's like yeah like like, what 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 fight are you you training for what are you
1: doing for her job yeah
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: why do you look like a rocky montage right
1: now?
2: yeah so i think you're right like you gotta i don't i I don't know the older i get i wonder what you guys feel about this not that you just let people go the direction that they're gonna go but some people just love to eat and i wonder do you how much do you try and steer somebody away from their natural path? Yeah. I it's unpleasant to think about.
0: It. Yeah. Well but also like Well, I- you could say that about any addiction. You could go like, hey, why who are we to stop this person from taking a huge amounts of coke or doing drinking large amounts of alcohol? And I think the answer there is that I th- I think society does have some responsibility to step in when someone is clearly harming themselves in a way that is beyond their control. Mm -hmm. Like I get the sort of libertarian argument. uh, You can make the same libertarian argument about seatbelts. Like, who's the government to tell me to wear a seatbelt? Yeah. Well, you also end up being a huge risk to other people and a huge public health hazard. Yeah. And we
2: can stop you from dying if we just make it the law that you wear your belt. By the way, I think after Anybody that has a problem with the seatbelt law. That that guy that died in LA by hitting the street sign, did you guys ever hear that? Oh, we talked oh, about it on the show, the yeah, guy who ended up on that, the billboard. Like that's the way people die in like Final Destination or like Fast <laughs> yeah, and the yeah. Furious. Like that was the craziest thing I'd ever but you know what I thought about? I was like, That's physics.
1: That's physics. That's how everyone would have died before seatbelts. Yeah.
2: There's
0: the sort of bar idiot who has that one story about a friend's brother's cousin who being thrown free yeah if he wasn't wearing a seatbelt man he would be dead right now because the car got crushed but as it was he just landed on a grass verge and walked away right right that might even have happened there might be that guy that happened I'm sure that has happened and that's outweighed by the 10,000 people who died because they weren't wearing their seatbelt or survived because they were
1: yeah there was a book I saw I think it was called The Bad Old Days or something like that Um, it was just sort of Debunking in photographs the the image that like the fifties was this was this golden era it just had all these like forensic pictures of you know horrific death scenes, and one of them that sticks in my head and I think about it when I'm trying to sleep at night sometimes uh was the aftermath of a car crash with like you know some vintage fifties car and and it's it's half turned over and then like a hundred feet down the road. The thing that's in focus with the car out of focus is just a severed head in black and white, Jesus. with like a perfectly, you know, a shellacked fifties haircut wow. sitting on the pavement, and uh, I can't get that out of my head. And yeah, that's what the, that's what the world was. Yeah, before none of us can now get that out of our heads. Well, like you haven't that. seen it, so you know, for all you know, it was an adorable uh, bloodless. It was at least black and white, which made it a little bit easier to stomach. But don't look that book up. I guess I don't know if um, that's, uh,
0: well they did. I can't remember which car manufacturer it was, but did a sort of crash test thing between one of their old models which was this big 50s looks like the kind of thing you take to the drive through mm-hmm. or the drive in movie or whatever and it like and they crashed it into a modern car that looks half the weight and is all kind of like hatchbacky and everything yeah and the modern car just obliterated the old one really? really yeah the thing that looked like the kind of looked like a steel tank but it just the two they sort of drove the two into each other and new car the crumple zones all work and it absorbs all the impact and old car just
2: Boom. Wow! Just, damn. See, I would, I would just think. I thought those old like Bonnevilles, like the seventy nine. I, yeah, I, I, I remember my grandparents uh, used to have one of those in the trunk. Like the three of us could easily so have gotten in a trunk yeah. and done the podcast in there. I'm like, j- j- I don't think people understand trunk space <laughs> until you see like a trunk that's got three levels to it. Like, just
1: is back when everyone's vacation involved like three entire steamer trunks right, full of clothes, right, right, like, suitcases have- that didn't yeah, bend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, here we go. It
0: was a, it, it was Chevy. It was a 59 Chevrolet Bel Air versus oh, wow. a 2009 Chevrolet Malibu.
1: Versus a Malibu, not even like,
0: yeah, and.
2: I'll show it here. Oh God. Oh, my goodness! Yeah, the uh, please the mo- lo- please look that up. Crash test we'll 1979. we will point that towards Pro- Pro- the phone, so people watching. Yeah, the feed. I don't know if can they'll be able that. to see
0: that, but we'll post yeah. it on science dot com. I'll put, I'll I'll do it like this. See if you can see it. Uh, but yeah, the
2: you describe that perfectly. A drive through a a in movie kind of car.
0: Yeah, it's like a an nostalgic, old nostalgic. Sort of, yeah, nost- yeah, exactly the kind of thing with like all the sort of
2: wing tip. Or yeah, yeah, and imagine like you're. Sending your high school kids after prom or after last day of high school graduation, and somebody's out drinking and they get they hit a tree in that Malibu as opposed to that car. Yeah, Yeah. you know your kid will probably live with some a broken leg and a shattered hip, you know, but that car is done. Yeah, that car is finished. I mean, that car just fell apart. It disintegrated really. Yeah, look at look
1: at it from this pop song about that. Look at it
0: from this
2: view. You'll see, um,
0: yeah, the front the the new car just crumbles. And the place where the driver sits is pretty much intact, and the old car just—the whole front half of the car just gets crushed. Uh, You'll see it. You'll see it in a second. Here we go. So from this angle,
2: they're coming towards each other, and I'm sitting here like that's such a nice interior, though. Yeah,
0: look at this. It almost drives through the older car.
2: Now,
1: what speed was that? I don't know. They look like they were both going about 30. It's it's amazing how we just forget that we're driving these death machines.
2: Now <laughs> Andy with the engineering, I'm going to I'm going to come to you for this. What is wh- why did that that in, I I would think that steel would hold up better against what is that, fiberglass that, that the Malibu was made out of? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's I not think, about the
2: actual like, exterior, but about
1: I the, think it's about the actual structure
0: of it and the way it's designed to crumple. To cr- crumble, Like, it's the, the way it's designed to absorb the energy and absorb it kind of in directions away from where the people sit.
1: Yeah, in, in a way, wow. the, the older car crumples better, but it crumples all the way into the area <laughs> where you're sitting, where well, yeah. you're going to be part of that crumpling.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly it, whereas the, the newer car... The energy is directed sort of up and
2: out right and down, yeah. basically anywhere away from where the humans are. That's fascinating. I mean, human beings, everybody always... I, I have a good friend of mine who is very down on the human species and saying, look at us, we're all fat. And we always, nihilists. I, I, so many nihilists in I, life. I, I think that we're comi- well, comics, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I think we're amazing that we figured... I mean, it's not that much time has passed a 2009 Malibu and a 59 Chevy we're talking about 50 years. Yeah, yeah. How many lives have been saved? Yeah. And that's not even a top of the line X5, you know, or a Porsche Cayenne or something. I mean, that's a that's an affordable car yeah. that a, a, a person at works can buy and your family's infinitely safer. Yeah. Because of it. that's that's kind of dope.
1: We do live in a better world in a lot of ways, but it's the problem is that like all the things that have gone down the last week or so even if things might be getting better in general, we also have a better ability to document the things that aren't going well and right. share those quickly. So it's hard not to see those and think everything's worse than it's ever been and
2: Right. And I don't I don't think I, I, I kinda r I, I agree with you in that I don't I think the world's always been like this. Yeah. I think there's atrocities happening yeah, yeah. uh in the Congo as we speak. I think probably there's some things in Chechnya right now that aren't great. Yeah, you know, but I you do. Know that also, Turkey just had a military coup today. I, right? Today, yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just
0: like literally Hours currently ago. happening. Did you, you see
2: the president like use his
0: iPhone he, he like, like hey, everybody? The, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> the people, the coup, the the military takeover guys took the main state broadcaster. Like that was one of the places that they occupied. It's yeah. So the the president of the country is FaceTiming the news.
2: What would be the equivalent of that? Like if the new if. if like who from the army would go take over the white house and then what go take over fox and say <laughs> i'm general so and so we're in control now yeah i don't know if that could even happen like
1: you are right it's so, too big geographically even for it to happen i feel like but maybe i don't know maybe i'm uh, d- delusional about it i that. mean there
0: are people who live in the woods of wyoming who think that they are in a position to be able to do that one day
1: that's the crazy thing about the Second Amendment is like the heart of that is that you're supposed to be able to defend yourself against the tyranny of the government. But guess what? The government wins. They've got a stockpile of nuclear weapons. There's no number of semi-automatic rifles you can have. It's gonna so yeah. if the spear your, your gun is, is, is not gonna do much against an F-15. Yeah, it's almost like enough to throw the whole thing out based on that because there's no way it can even have the original intended effect of right. being actually able to defend yourself. It's well, impossible. I think
2: that the people that are. Doomsday preppers and people that are in militias and people that, that stockpile weapons. They I think that it's people that feel like I'm a piece of shit now. But one day when it all goes down, when the event happens, you're gonna need me. I'm right. gonna be a valuable person. And that gives you a reason to li- like the people that subscribe to uh not guns and ammo, but like what's what uh what's the one with the the, with a like a mercenary kind oh, of magazine yeah, a, a soldier of fortune soldier of fortune, that like that kind of uh, stuff it's people that think that there's going to be an event and it's like oh you think i'm a uh, you think that just because i work in the woods in wyoming like yeah i don't i don't count in this country wait till there's no water like those <laughs> people are waiting for that because it's then give all those them years
0: watching naked and afraid will come in right. <laughs> right they're not the oh
2: i i can tell you guys um I did New Year's in North Carolina this year. I was in uh, Winston-Salem, which I didn't know, and this is not a shot against Winston-Salem at all. I did not know it was as country. I can call it country. There's nothing wrong with country. country. I'm from Ohio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's country. And um, I started talking to this guy. This fascinating dude on stage, and I just made the comment. I was talking to him, and I was like, you are the kind of guy that, like, when the event happens, you're going to be prepared. And he goes, you have no idea. (laughs) And I was like, show's over. I'm talking to you now. (laughs) And I go, what do you mean by that? And he goes, my family and I are already preparing. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? He told me that he has already started his family eating a diet of things that they can kill and eat. Like already, right now. So I was like, Just like don't get
0: too used to
2: Wendy's. So yeah, so yeah. So I was like, What do you guys eat regularly? And he was like, Well, we eat a lot of jackrabbit and I was like what I was like, what does jackrabbit taste like? And he was like, It tastes like raccoon and I was like, Well what does raccoon taste like? And he goes, It tastes like woodchuck And I was like, What are you talking about? Can we relate it to any animal that you could buy and I was like, What does it taste?" was like, What does the meat like? He's like, It's greasy and gamey and tough. But he said he's training his family yeah. to start, and I mean, this guy was not fucking around
1: for an event that that will somehow put us in peril, but not put woodchucks and jackrabbits in peril. Though. Well, they like, look at they like, look
2: at us like they look at you with your uh, podcast equipment and your Apple, your your MacBook Airs, and they're like, "You guys are the weak," <laughs> and there's going to be a point where. We take over the real hunt, the hunters, the gatherers, yeah. the yeah. guys that are going to get this restart. You might
0: think you're fancy now with your right. degrees? Yeah. yeah,
2: restart the society the way it should be with the man in charge, <laughs> uh, and and the woman by his side cooking home what he yeah. what he brings. The best shot survives. Right. That's it. That's it. And and there's a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's why the Second Amendment is not going anywhere, and why the people that are in the NRA are from our cold dead hands. It's because this is what they have.
1: I I get it from that standpoint because it's like everyone wants to be relevant. Everyone wants to be needed. And that's what they're... But they're also... It's like a combination of that and then also like the... the... illogic behind people that buy lottery tickets. You know, like you're banking everything on this... Super unlikely Like if it doesn't happen You've spent your whole life Preparing for something That was useless Right It doesn't happen Like it has to happen but or else. Like,
2: I will say this It gave your life purpose Yeah that's true And that's true, yeah. for People that That work for Apple or Tesla Or they work for Pfizer or whatever Yeah You, you have at least a purpose You, you know you want to move up And be a nicer place And while uh, your wife Is doing this And you know But if you kind of you, you're you a guy that um, you sell deadbolt locks yeah. and your wife is a waitress at the local Greasy Spoon. And that's your lot in life. That's not an insult. That's just what's happening. Right. Um, what do you have to look forward to? She's not moving up. You're as fuck not moving up. If anything, what you sell is going to be more and more... Irrelevant as locks go away and and key fobs and all the thing kind of take over everything. Yeah. So, what do you have? You have well, this is all going to be erased and we're going to start from scratch. And these pussies are going to see that the real the guys that can catch a raccoon and cook it are going to be who's valuable, not the people that are made fun of on John Oliver or Bill Maher. You know, and that's that's what motivates all these guys. And that's why there's there's two Americas. You know, and the and in a lot of this America. If you've ever gone drive driven through Wyoming, and driven through rural Montana, and that's who that people that find moose on their lawn in the morning and aren't scared. Yeah, yep. like this is most of America that like, people think L.A., San Fran, Miami, New Orleans, D.C., Boston, Atlanta, and New York are. It's that's not it. Yeah, yeah. The rest of the country is Millersville, Pennsylvania, and Half Fork. Seattle like that's that's what most of this country is and a lot of those guys feel marginalized you know
1: yeah I mean that's that's part of why Trump is uh, a podcast I just found out about listening to to is uh, the Trump cast from slate where every episode they examine a different like angle of how and why Trump is happening right now and like what a Trump America would mean and it's really interesting because yeah they talk about why uh, why he appeals to they use the word hillbillies. I don't know if that's culturally insensitive. Um It is, but it is. The episode it is, is why it is. do hillbillies I think the correct term is Hillbilly American. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, hill Williams. Hillbilliams. Hillbilliams. Yeah. That's awesome. Um but yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it and it's not as simple as everyone wants to make it seem. And when you say that about like wanting to be relevant, want to be needed, like that that gives it more sympathy than someone who's just like, I want my guns. You know, like right. someone wants to be somebody
2: wants to be and, and for the first time. You you don't have a politician talking over your head about NAFTA and just using terms that you don't understand, like understanding what the Interior uh, House subcommittee is talking about. Like that doesn't mean anything to you. Well, there is, but when every aspect
0: of life, there's there's an increasing feeling that the average human is less able to see what's happening and directly affect it. Like, with everything. Like, even with cars. Just
1: because of specialization in jobs yeah, and things. Yeah, exactly. Like,
0: yeah. like uh, the average car now, you can't work on in a way that you used to be able to with the average car 20 years
2: ago. There used to be a neighborhood mechanic that would yeah. fix your transmission for yeah. 40 bucks and a 12-pack of beer. And the
0: like
1: anyone, was supposed to be a thing you could fix yourself. Yeah. And, and anyone like who's mechanically
0: minded the- can open up the hood and watch things move. And you can go, all right, so this thing goes in there and that thing makes that turn and this seems to be the thing that needs to be tinkered with. But now it goes like this goes to here, this goes to here. This goes into a computer that is programmed at a central factory and needs to be reset by a, yeah. another computer. There's just suddenly a level that you can't tinker with, you can't touch. and that, I think the same goes for laws and the same goes for society. It's mm-hmm. just so confusing now. The international finance system is so unwieldy and no one really
2: understands right. it. The tax system, everything. Yeah. People are confused and again with all the stuff you're talking about, think about how many mechanics are now out of work or unnecessary. How many people that because of YouTube, you never think about like what YouTube does. If your disposal in your kitchen breaks, you can go to YouTube, type in the num the, the model number, and there's a guy yeah, yeah. that shows you how to fix your disposal. Yep. Step by step.
1: I fixed my car though. Yeah, as
2: opposed <laughs> to calling a guy. That used to be a guy that would come out and charge you. He'd fucking look at your wife's tits too long <laughs> and he'd charge you money for that. And now you just do it and you don't even tell anybody about it. You know, yeah. and- I do still tell everybody about it.
0: Like yeah. if I manage to fix something by watching a YouTube video, <laughs> he's like, tweeting that's out- my story for the week. That's yeah. <laughs> 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 like everywhere I go. Yeah. Um there is um talking about like problems in the world and there was a story about three weeks ago, we were talking about uh, snow plowing and why they don't just ship snow plows from one country to another.
1: Yeah, I was saying they could have like a, air, like a timeshare thing for snow, because cities that don't have enough snow every year to j- justify having like, yeah. permanent snow plow fleets, why and don't they just trade... Listener Rob Randcock, uh maybe not a real name? Maybe a real name, who knows? I oh, think yeah, that's a real name. That okay. Like a real name. So, uh... I mean, Rob that person, male or female, I'm assuming male, has donated... So, uh, well, thank you, Robrant. That's in a real name. I don't um, know. but Wait, wrote, what's his first name? R O B R A N. Robrant. Rob but Rob Rant, 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 Rant
2: wrote in Rob to Rant.
0: say, uh, a few weeks ago, you posted a question about time sharing snow plows between the northern and southern hemispheres. I'm not aware of this, especially seeing as it doesn't snow in many places down here. Uh, but there is a similar scheme for firefighting equipment. Particularly, Canada and Australia share large-scale firebombing helicopters and planes in their respective summers. These are big-ass equipment that would be too expensive for little old Australia to afford. Uh, But this is getting harder as climate change pushes the fire danger seasons longer in each hemisphere.
1: It used to be they never overlapped, so you had time to transport between Canada and Australia. But yeah,
0: there's definitely... British Columbia and Alberta have formal firefighting agreements with Australian governments that have been in place for a decade or more. This includes sharing personnel, aircraft, and other equipment when a crisis uh, arises. Meanwhile, global fire seasons have extended by 19% over three decades, more than a month in some parts of North America. Uh, This year, fires in Australia have extended into April, While Alberta's early season fires have already damaged more hectares than in all of 2013 and 2014 put together, the former Murray fire alone could grow as big as 2,000 square kilometers by the end of today. Uh, That was at the time of press. Uh, So, yeah, that's pretty cool that they did that and And pretty
1: uncool that it's it's becoming harder, yeah.
2: Yeah, it it just seems like every time we try and figure out a way to get around something, the damage we've already done to the planet, you know, we're just constantly playing catch up. Cause that's a great idea. It really is. Yeah, I mean, because it wouldn't make
1: sense to just have it full time if you're just using it in one season. But
2: um, um, I don't know about the transportation of snow in that.
1: No, the snow plows wouldn't make sense. I was just, I was, yeah. I was joking about that because.
2: But would, it's interesting that some places don't have any. I mean, you look at, I think wasn't it the Super Bowl like four years ago in Dallas, and they had a massive snowstorm. Was it there? Yeah. It was in Dallas because they had no snow equipment at all. Yeah. And it destroyed their Super Bowl. People couldn't get there. I've, uh, my agent goes to every Super Bowl. He was like, people couldn't get there. They have no plows. Right. Nothing. Yeah. So, so they were get, just like, I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> like, should, should they have are like, in... like
0: shooting the snow. I, did, to yeah. out, like,
1: I don't know.
2: Just, just try everything. Sheriff
0: just shotgunning
1: snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Snow hates freedom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Hey,
0: uh, I, didn't, I didn't realize Rob ran's a donor, but thank you thank you for that. Uh, thank you also. We've had a few donations that have come in in the couple of days since we recorded the last episode. Uh, so thank you for the monthly donations that have come through, particularly Justin Broad, for your generous monthly donation. And also big thanks to Robert Howley, uh, David Wirth, uh, Destruction Lane, and Lindsay Iserman. Uh, Robert Howley's was a one-off donation, but still very much appreciated. So thank you, all of you. You can go to Probably Science at Uh, Probably science.com and click the donate button to donate and also if you're shopping on amazon at all please use our link first cost you no extra we get a kickback that's if you're in either america canada or the uk uh set why not set our amazon link as your browser's amazon shortcut so you don't have to remember it just auto completes and then that really helps us out it's and you're also, sweet
1: I, can't, it, I still can't believe they haven't shut that program down cuz it's um, free money it's uh, does that's it really is. cool yeah it really is and, yeah. and, and listeners actually that generates more for us than than all of the sponsorship and donations so thank you to everyone who's done that and thanks for those yeah. uh, who but are also about big thanks
0: to the
2: donors cuz they are people yes, who yeah, yeah, yeah. can, I, can I invent them. some fake sponsors to shout out sure yeah we'd like to thank luther campbell uh <laughs> Big sponsor to the podcast. Uh, <laughs> of
1: Two Live Crew? Yeah. Oh, yeah he's, he's been a long time listener. Yeah.
2: He seems really cool. I want to meet him. I want
1: to thank uh... <laughs> he's
2: just thanking him on every podcast <laughs> you do, just on the hope that eventually it'll get he's going to hear one.
1: This episode brought to you by Small and Medium Pepsi. <laughs> um, it's one of our long time sponsors. Uh,
0: spreading the word, letting other people know about yeah. the show. That's another way to really help us out. Saying nice things about us on Twitter and Facebook, and writing nice things about us on iTunes, and giving us nice ratings. And on Stitcher and your other. Um podcast listening app of choice now we're
1: on uh, google plays podcast uh, we are do they have reviews as well do they let people rate i don't i have an iphone so i haven't actually used this firsthand i just know we're on there i think we're on there
0: if anyone listens to us through google play let us know if there's a rating system and also please use that give us the full amount of stars and nice write-ups and that really helps
1: oh by the way now that we have this facebook live thing i can see comments from we should have been reading comments throughout i'm sorry guys um but someone just wrote in saying that destruction lane is him and he doesn't know why he doesn't give his real name. That him is Russell McNall. So thank you, Russell, for donating, and thanks for watching this live stream. Oh,
2: we'll change that every time we say it. You, cannot, you can't start out as dis- destruction, destruction Lane and then go to That's Russell. Yeah. Uh, like Zach, stick with, stick with yeah. Destruction.
0: <laughs> Zach Plant is asking, is Matt watching comments at all? The answer to that was no. Matt was not watching comments.
1: <laughs> yep. um, uh, let's see who else wrote. Zach uh, Cody said they experimented... Uh, by dipping your balls in a big... Okay, back to the ball dipping. Yeah, <laughs> a big jug of hot water, like 130 degrees for 20 minutes. You have to do it every day for a few days. Uh, and, oh, Calum
0: Doucette says, uh, they listen to the podcast on long drives in the frozen north.
1: Nice, nice.
0: Yeah, that's loads of cool comments. Thank you sounds like everyone. a place in
2: Game of Thrones, yeah. frozen north. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: we have time for one more story.
0: Oh, Zach Cody is saying... I think we do. Yeah. Zach Cody is saying they experimented by, yeah, dipping your balls in a big jug of hot water, like 130, yeah. for 20 minutes. You have to do it
1: every day for a few days. Mm-hmm. And how long does it last? Uh, that's the thing, is who wants to, t- who wants to like... Because in order for you to be sure that that's what happens, eventually it has to not work, and then someone's pregnant. Right. You know, like... Wh- why? It doesn't seem like it's worth doing.
0: Any of those new contraception methods... To do a clinical trial just seems so unethical.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: especially with yourself. (laughs) Yeah. In a future human life.
0: Unless the trial just involves still using other form of contraceptive, but occasionally giving sperm samples to the clinic, who then inspect to see what there is.
1: But if you do get right. someone pregnant, like, do you have an obligation, somebody to sit your son down and like tell him the story of, like, well, one day, yeah. <laughs> your mother and I... <laughs> yeah. Here's
2: you why you have three eyes. Yeah. The water your was father. 129 degrees.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It turns out it didn't stop you from happening, but it did stop certain aspects of you from happening.
1: Yeah. Um, so speaking of fires and controlling them, as we just were, and also uh, related in, in some ways to last week's episode uh, that you guys don't know about yet. We just recorded an episode with um, a, a JPL employee all about space. Um, NASA just set a fire in space on purpose. And by just, um, I mean, this is yeah, within the last week. This is a story that Justin Broad, friend of the show, sent in. Yeah. That's cool. So uh, what happens when a fire starts in space? Until Tuesday, NASA didn't really know, and for good reason. Scientists and engineers spend years of their lives and millions of dollars building the highly complex, gravity-defying pieces of machinery we send into space. So you wouldn't really want to set a fire on one of those just to see what would happen. Um, so they tried for years, and NASA's David Urban said in a video, to find a vehicle in a circumstance where this would work. Initially, they had a not-on-my-spacecraft reaction. It took some negotiating, but Urban and his colleagues worked out a solution they'd all be happy with, conducting the experiment on a trash-filled Cygnus resupply vehicle, making its return trip from the International Space Station. That was going to burn up anyway on its re-entry into Earth's so They thought, why not get some extra science out of the deal? So at 4.55 p.m. Tuesday, inside an insulated container on a ship miles above the Earth, NASA began the largest intentional fire ever set in space. The capsule that contained the experiment held a video camera and other sensors, as well as an exhaust system to keep air moving through the feed, uh, through to feed the flames. With a radio signal from scientists at NASA's Glenn Research Center in Cleveland, a hot wire touched a towel sized card of woven cotton and fiberglass, and within seconds they had a fire. Uh, G- Gary Ruff, project manager of the experiment, dubbed Sapphire Eye, a portmanteau of safe and fire. <laughs> Sort of. Um, and then
0: an eye for some reason. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is that one? Is that Sapphire one? I think that is. I, I think that's... Oh,
1: okay, like one is in the first time. We, okay, that, okay. Um, not like iRobot in reverse.
2: Comma yeah. <laughs> in there. Yeah.
1: Uh, they watched closely as data streamed down to the desk at NASA Glenn. By the morning after the fire, they could tell that it took eight minutes for the material to burn, a lot longer than it would have taken on Earth. And um, they also knew that the Cygnus's smoke alarm had gone off, which is a good news for spacecraft fire safety.
0: Sapphire One was the first of three experiments aimed at understanding how fire behaves in microgravity. Uh, We want to know how big a fire can get, how rapidly does it grow, how rapidly do the conditions inside the vehicle change, Uh, Ruff said. That knowledge will help NASA refine its computational models for space fires, choose better materials for building spacecraft, and develop procedures for fighting fire. These concerns are becoming more and more pressing, Ruff added, as NASA gets closer and closer to its first long-distance manned mission in space, a trip to Mars. The years-long trip offers plenty of opportunity for something to go wrong, and astronauts need to be prepared to fight any fires, literal and otherwise. Um, Smaller experiments conducted at space stations and a few larger, unintentional ones have shown that fire can be unpredictable and dangerously tenacious in the absence of gravity. The worst accident happened in 1990, When an oxygen generator on board the Russian Mir space station malfunctioned and was set ablaze, the fire spewed with angry intensity sparks, resembling an entire box of sparklers ignited simultaneously, extended a foot or so beyond the flame's furthest edge. Uh, Jerry Lineger, an American astronaut on board the space station at the time, wrote in his book, beyond the sparks, I saw what appeared to be melting wax splattering on the bulkhead opposite the blaze, but it was not melting wax, it was molten metal. The fire was so hot that it was melting metal. Uh, yeah the fire eventually consumed the oxygen canister and burned itself out but it raised the temperature inside the space station to 100 degrees and filled the air with smoke uh Leninger recalled wanting to open a window then realizing it wasn't an option <laughs> it was only by quickly donning oxygen masks that the queue, the crew was able to avoid suffering from smoke inhalation
1: also a dangerous thing to do in the middle of a fire <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah uh the cygnus will remain in orbit while the rest of Data from the experiment, including video of the burn, is downloaded to NASA computers on Earth. When the data transfer is complete, sometime next week, the ship will begin its descent back to Earth. Uh, It, the Sapphire capsule, and the 4,000 or so pounds of trash it's carrying from the ISS will burn up for good somewhere over the Pacific.
1: So we'll get some awesome, hopefully, HD uh, video of a zero-gravity space fire.
0: Yeah, that should be coming out soon, right? Because this article was from June 15th. So that was a full month ago.
1: yeah, in fact, I, uh, I could guess we could Google that now, or listeners watching live could um, help us out and see if that's already up there somewhere. But yeah, it's pretty sweet. Space fires. And um, you guys watching at home, this is like that Mr. Show episode, the Mr. Show sketch about the pre-taped Colin show. In a week, you guys will get to hear us talking <laughs> yeah. about the space stuff we recorded this morning, but if you're listening to this and not watching it, it will have already happened. Uh, and- it looks like there actually is now footage of this. Oh sweet. right. Okay. So when this goes up, we'll link in the show notes to the video of the space fire.
0: Yeah, I believe so. I'm just it's just slowly loading up now. NASA's website's surprisingly slow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and Ben Chidwick is asking. He thought we recorded in the yard. Um, I can turn the camera around after this, and you'll see that this is uh, an uncover. This isn't an interior room. It looks like it in the video, but this is uh, the back patio that's half covered.
0: What we could really do with it is a bird just flying into shot right now. Just yeah. Prove that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, no, this says watch how it will be conducted in space. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Sapphire Experiment burns in space. This is a video of... It's not the most spectacular of videos. No. It just looks like some some sort of greeny-blue light.
2: That looks like it'd be playing behind, like, a trans DJ.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really does.
0: (laughs) This is, like, really cool
1: visuals, man. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not even sure what angle we're looking at. Oh, that was it. Okay. That was it.
0: That was a very unexciting video.
2: Yep. You could have told somebody that was anything, they would have believed it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah, that was bullshit. But it's a cool experiment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we won't be linking to that video. If you really want the video, check it out.
2: You guys can Google stuff. I'm excited about the trip to Mars. How cool is that gonna be? It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Yeah. In our lifetimes. It's amazing. oh
1: you think so? Hopefully tail end of our lifetimes? We can hang on. I hope to live to see it, but I'm kinda I'm kinda doubtful. I don't know.
2: You don't think about another 40 years? I don't know if I'm going to make well, it. Well,
1: I guess who knows how long. Yeah, do we have 40 years? Um, should, on average. I'd one have, of us should last at least 40 grandfather's years. my yeah. grandfather died at 60. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um, hopefully, yeah. I hope, this is such a downer thing to end up. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hope I have 40 years left. We'll see. We'll see.
0: Well, if you think Andy should have 40 years left, email <laughs> yes. us. Probably science at gmail.com.
2: Even more reason to donate now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let him live it while he's here.
1: We'll put it to you guys to decide Andy's fate. Does he get 40 years <laughs> or not?
0: Al, where can our listeners find out more about you and your work?
2: Oh, just go to Al Jackson on Twitter and uh, Al Jackson IG on Instagram. And my, um, my hour special, Baby Steps in a Yellow Tuxedo, is on, <laughs> is, is on iTunes. Nice. Yes well Excellent.
0: as always you can find us at probably science uh you can find us individually at matt at andy t wood and also go to at jesse case and listen to jesse versus cancer yep. um you can email us probably science at gmail.com uh is where the donation button is and the amazon links write nice things about us on itunes uh follow al and get his stuff he's great and thank you so much for joining us I'm fantastic Yeah, you are
2: fantastic (laughs) I'm using your
1: words and don't forget to watch How to Build It Everything every Wednesday on the Science Channel at 10pm that Matt and I are both uh, writers on and featured on really cool yeah and uh, we'll see you next week thanks for watching thanks for listening take care guys thanks y'all